0: Welcome everyone. I am so happy for this episode because it's episode one of the Talented Human Podcast. My name is Jay Flores and I will be your host through this journey as we discuss talent, purpose, and most importantly how all of this affects our mental health. I am so happy that my first guest is someone that I have a huge amount of uh, appreciation for, and someone that I regard very highly as a, as a young content creator, entrepreneur, social media, guru, genius. Uh, he's only 20 years old. His name is Calvin Hamilton. He is from Phoenix, Arizona. He lives in New York City today. He has spent the last two, or he spent the last two years working for. Uh, team Gary at Media and he's now on his own building his first company I believe and getting things done so I without further ado I want to dive into this first conversation with my friends Calvin. Calvin welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much I appreciate the introduction.
0: Yes uh, for a little bit of context for everyone this is recording number two uh, yes. The first interview, um, we, had a, we had a glitch in the system, but um, Calvin, you and I were able to dive in earlier for about an hour or so, and we're gonna cut it down because I wanna dive in a lot deeper into the conversation with you. So mm-hmm. your story is one that's very interesting. You come from a family um, that gave you certain privileges Growing up, mm-hmm. you, you,
2: you, attended,
0: you attended a, a, a good school. Um, your mom is an academic person. She's the CEO of a mm-hmm. nonprofit. She's the PhD, master's degree, everything. You were presented mm-hmm. with the opportunity to come and join Tim um, Gary at VaynerMedia just out of high school. You were supposed mm-hmm. to go to college. Tell us the story of that.
1: Yeah. uh, So it's a tad long-winded because in a sense stems back all the way from middle school of all times. Uh, I used to work in a industry called the multi-channel network industry. It's like talent management on YouTube. So you would essentially find YouTube influencers and creators and you would try to help them grow their YouTube channels, make better videos, uh, get brand deals, you know, make more money, whatever the case is. And I worked in that industry for like five or six years, uh, started in about eighth grade and I stopped in April of 2018. So actually I continued to work in it while at VaynerMedia, but, uh, I got into the industry when I was, I want to say 13 or 14 years old. Um, I Skype messaged the CEO of a network called content pixel, uh, named Karen. And I just said, Hey, um, you know, At the time, I was actually partnered with his network as a YouTube creator. I made some gaming videos back then. And I sent him a message and I said, hey, you know, I really enjoy creating these videos, but I'm really interested in what it is that the network does. I think it's fascinating that there's a business behind this and that you guys are able to manage all these creators. Um, Is there any way that I can do some work with you? (laughs) And so I ended up working for him for free for about a year and a half, two years, uh, from eighth grade until about the end of my freshman year of high school, uh, I then got a couple of other jobs at MCNs and continued to bounce around until I made my own uh, multi channel network called XRUS. Uh, effectively, at this time and still to this day, the MCN industry, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that's a little kind of scummy, and the way that they treat certain creators isn't the greatest. And so I created XRUS as X being the Latin root for without and then ruse being trickery or lies so basically being without lies just full transparency to our creators so we offered completely transparent contracts uh just we gave our the creators that we partnered much better circumstances than a lot of other networks did uh no lock-ins and things of that sort i had that network for a few months Uh, my technology partner uh aka my parent company and i ended up having a small falling out and so uh, they essentially ended up acquiring the assets from uh, XRU's and took them into their company. Uh, and so I gave that to them. And then Scale Lab, a company out in LA, ended up hiring me. And this was around my senior year of high school that this uh, all had taken place. I got hired by Scale Lab. And then when I graduated high school, Gary V. tweeted on Twitter saying, "Hey, I really need help on YouTube. Um, please email me." And initially I saw that message or the tweet, and I, I quite literally, if you go to my tweets and replies, you can still find this. I replied to that tweet saying, I wish, LOL. Just because I, it was kind of my way of sarcastically saying, like, it's a really cool opportunity, but there's no way that he would even pay attention to an 18 year old kid that just graduated high school. Um, so it, it was much more sarcastic and kind of comedic than anything. And then maybe two hours later, I saw the same tweet screenshotted and posted in his Instagram stories except this time he actually listed his email on the stories and so I remember that sitting there thinking to myself and I was like you know what the worst case scenario is that he either doesn't see my email and doesn't reply or he just flat out says no so I'm gonna shoot him an email I'm just gonna shoot my shot see what happens and lo and behold I sent him an email that afternoon and then the next morning I got a reply and he said hey uh, you know, I really want you to get on a call with a couple of my uh, team members. So I got on a call with Andy Cranach, his brand director. And then some like two weeks later, they ended up offering me a job to work as a YouTube analyst on Team Gary at VaynerMedia. Um, that was the same day that my tuition for university was due. So as you said, my mother, who is uh, a big advocate of higher education and of getting a degree, uh, I, I basically had to sit down with her and my father at the dinner table and said, "Hey." this opportunity popped up to go to New York city and it's something I'm super passionate about. I really want to do it. And in my head, my mind was already made up um, and I just had to get their support essentially. And so I had that conversation with them. They gave me an ultimatum. They said, if you go to university, we'll pay for everything. It was a very generous offer. They'll pay for my tuition, for my room, for my board. And you know, for those of you watching that know, the U S has an extremely expensive, uh, higher education, in general, every university is typically fairly expensive. Um, But on the other hand, if I go to New York City, I'm on my own, Um, you know, on my own financially and all things of that sort. So I ended up choosing to go to New York. And so now, you know, some two years later, uh, I'm still here. I worked at VaynerMedia on Gary VaynerTruck's team for about a year and seven months. And then as of March 1st, 2019, I left and created a company with my business partner, Iris Chen, and then I'm now working on a separate venture with my new business partner, uh, Marvin Sampinas.
0: That is uh, fascinating because i it's uh, it's funny because I, I I've heard your story, and mm-hmm. and I just there are some nuances of of your. Of your enthusiasm, as by which you you know talk about the decisions that you made. and mm-hmm. and then I also know that as great as it was, the road wasn't as pretty as it was. So I know that you had some struggles when you first got to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you felt you felt lonely, and you felt that you know, you, you question yourself, you hated the city, you want out in a way. And, and, yeah. uh, and that, that, that's something that a lot of people can relate to when they're building something or whether they're striving to, to follow a passion, pursue a career, um, find mm-hmm. their purpose. And, and I, I kind of want to dive in a little bit into the mindset of, of why, or not why, but how you recognize uh, that, that there is things that needed to change, that there were conversations that you needed to have, not only with yourself, but with others to kind of understand your situation better and make sure that, that you weren't going to, to fall into a pit of like, you know, prob- you know potentially depression or, or continue into mm-hmm. a bad relationship or, or even abandon something that was so significant to you at the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so to kind of provide some depth there and some context, uh, you know, uh, even though I gave a very brief summary of how I got my job and how I moved to New York city before, uh, yeah, when I, when I moved to New York city, it definitely was not all sunshine and rainbows. Uh, you know, I moved here. I didn't know anybody when I moved here. I was a kid from Phoenix, Arizona. I had no friends in New York city. All of my friends were moving to Los Angeles, which is also where I was going to go to university. So I thought everything was headed in that direction. Uh, Scale Lab, even the company that I worked for at the time was based in Santa Monica. So it seemed like everything was lining up perfectly. And then the last second, um, I made my way out to New York. And uh, effectively, what ended up happening is because I didn't know anybody, uh, A, A, I got very lonely. Um, it was something I was super embarrassed by, you know, all of my friends from high school, especially uh, thought that I was in New York City, I was killing it, you know, young kid at the media agency working for Gary V. And while that was true from like a surface level perspective, you know, I thought it was awesome that I was able to get the job that I had. Um, and it was a residency, bear in mind, like I didn't get paid well, I got paid $30,000 a year to live in New York. And that's not a very great compensation uh, when you're trying to get by in New York.
0: Rent, rent, so,
2: 30000 a year.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> month, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, to really put this into perspective, my first studio apartment, I, when I first moved to New York City, I got a studio apartment in Chelsea near the VaynerMedia offices. Not nice at all. It was, um, you know, I, I didn't even have my, my own bathroom. I shared a bathroom with the floor uh, of the people that I was living with. And when I was living there, my rent roughly came out to about $2,000 a month which was actually more than my post-tax paycheck that I received from Boehner month over month. So I actually, Boehner Media essentially just paid for my rent. And then the money that I made from consulting and from Scale Lab at the time, that's how I fed myself. That's how I actually got to go out and do other things. Um, so there was that aspect, A, you know, I was broke living in New York City, uh, barely could afford my rent. And then on top of that, you know, not, not knowing anybody was a big aspect of that mentally. Um, definitely was fairly depressed when I first moved here because, you know, it's, it gets really lonely really quickly when you show up at the office at 7am and you don't leave till nine. And then at the same time that that's going on, you, you, you know, you're getting home and you essentially just are then working on client work to make sure that you can pay all your bills. Um, and you know, when you're 18 and you go on Instagram or Snapchat or whatever, and you see all your friends are out and they're partying and you know, they're in university, it looks like you're having a great time that gets to you for sure. So the way that I kind of coped with this or my attempt at coping with it was I tried downloading some dating apps. Uh, I downloaded Tinder specifically, which is how I met a girl and uh, more or less got myself into a very toxic relationship. Uh, during the time that we were together, which was only about two months long, Uh, She attempted suicide about four times, lots of runs to the hospital. Uh, You know, there were days where I quite literally would sprint home from the VaynerMedia offices at like 5 p.m. because I thought she was going to overdose again. And I was just terrified. I'd call an ambulance while like running home. Um, So, yeah, it it definitely was uh, a lot of ups and downs uh, getting to where I am now. Um, And and I'd say that I stayed fairly lonely for my first nine months here. Maybe and during that time, I thought that I hated New York City. Uh, I now love the city and I really enjoy being here. But uh, at the time, because I was in such a bad place mentally, I quite literally was at an all-time low. I don't think I've ever been in a worse mental state. Um, I just, yeah, I thought I hated the city. I thought I hated the city. I didn't want to talk to my friends from you know high school and from Arizona. I just, I didn't want to do anything really. I would go to work. I'd just get the work that I needed to done. I'd go home, do more client work to make sure I could actually pay my bills and eat and stuff. And I'd go to bed. And I remember having a few conversations with one of my very near and dear friends, uh, Maya. And as we were talking about my relationship and some of the people in my life, she just told me pretty outright. She said, you know, this really isn't healthy. This is kind of like eating you alive. It's tearing you apart. Um, And even though I kind of knew that was the case because it just put so much stress on me, it... Having her tell me that in such a blunt manner really was the thing that I think pushed me to, you know, A, get out of that relationship and then B, really kind of audit my life, see where I was at, see, look at the things I was prioritizing and the things that I wasn't. And I can fundamentally say that helped my mindset drastically. You know, I'm, I'm much happier and healthier now than I was before. Um, I gained a decent amount of weight when I first moved here. Not, not, nothing crazy, but, um, you know, it definitely... Had the physical effects on me as well, um, but yeah. All in, all in all, it's it was definitely a big roller coaster when I first got here.
0: Yeah, and um, from the um, from that experience, mm-hmm. if you could, because one of the things that I want to share with um, with the podcast and this being the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we put a lot of emphasis on our on our physical uh well-being we put a lot of emphasis on like exercising and healthy and you know oh yeah because if you eat healthy here healthy there you you know you're more productive you're you know your brain this your brain that and you know your body all this stuff but we don't put a lot of emphasis into saying how do we stay sharp how do how do how do the situations and the circumstances? How do we handle circumstances in our lives that allows us to to maintain a, a level of health in in our mental state?
2: Yeah,
0: because what yeah. good is like being ripped with a six pack and like ready to go if mm-hmm. if we can't function properly if like if we're not yeah. all together there? And uh, I I was reminded of, of something today. Um, on the on the show with Dave Letterman, uh, my next guest, mm-hmm. he got to interview Kanye, and oh wow,
2: okay.
0: Oh, and you you have to watch this interview. It's uh it's on okay. Netflix. Great, shout out to Dave. Um, and uh, he got him to open up a lot about his feelings when it comes to mental health. Like a lot, we put a lot of stigma on mental health. We put a lot of like, you know someone that suffers from, from a mental health illness is seen automatically as less valuable to other people. And Kanye brings up the, um, the, uh, the point that we need to, we need to be more compassionate. We need to be more understanding. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know, if you're depressed, I can't put you down. I need to elevate, I need to treat you better. And like a lot of people, even in the, in the profession of, you know, mental health care doesn't don't understand that and don't do a better job. And, and he says like, I'm bipolar and I'm thought of crazy and immediately because I'm crazy, I'm treated differently and with less human respect than. And it is our responsibility. To ourselves to take care of our bodies and not only that but to lend a hand and to, to drive a message and it's the reason why i wanted to make this this podcast and have this conversation that are a little bit deep and a little bit you know uncomfortable yeah. but but from your from that experience that you lived from that what was your learning what was you what what can you share with the with you know with the older people that are going to listen with the uh, with the young people that are uh, going to listen that might find themselves handling circumstances that, that are heavy like that. Like, you know, you were 18, 19 years old, dealing with someone that's attempting suicide and you know, you're you worrying about something that's so heavy. How does that not mess with someone like, I mean.
1: I think I lost you, I don't know if you can hear me.
0: I hear you, oh shoot, hold on. Okay, okay,
2: um, um,
0: there we go, I see you. And so how do you deal with like you know with that aspect of life? Like like how do you like that situation? How do you learn from that? And how do you say, well, this can't beat me too, and I can't let it affect me in a way that like what, what was the, the learning part, you know, from having the conversation yeah. with your friend, from making the decision to 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 get out of that toxic relationship? And mm-hmm. and what did you learn about the loneliness that you felt? Um during that time in New York, those first few months in New York, what did you learn about how do you stay mentally sharp?
1: 100%. Um, so to be honest, uh, and it, sound, it may sound very silly to a lot of the people listening, but when I first was going through a lot of this, um, I didn't think that it mattered. Uh, and what I mean by that is, I didn't think it was really affecting me. I knew it was affecting me emotionally for sure. Like I I was so stressed all the time. I I wasn't sleeping. Like I I was getting two to four hours of sleep a night maybe. Um, I really wasn't sleeping much, but I didn't think that it mattered because I thought that, you know, as long as, as long as like my family's okay and as long as I'm doing well at work and all these things, then I should be fine. Um, It became, uh, in addition to having that conversation with my good friend, like I had mentioned, um, I think the thing that gave me the biggest wake-up call was when uh, Andy Cranek, our brand director on Team Gary, he actually pulled me into Gary's office one day. And I, bear in mind, I was brand new to VaynerMedia. I've been there for three months, and you know, I'm already going through a whirlwind of shit. Uh, I don't know if we're allowed to curse on this podcast. So I apologize, um, but you know, I was going through so much emotionally, and. I just, I didn't think that it mattered because I didn't think it really affected me. And then he pulled me into Gary's office and he said, Hey, um, you know, I just wanted to check in on you. Like, is everything okay? You seem like you have low energy lately. And as soon as he said that, I just got this like giant sinking feeling. I was like, Oh my God, like other people know, like other people can see this. And you know, he, he looks at me and, uh, I almost teared up when when he was like just talking to me, just because it, it hit me in such a sensitive place at the time. Um, but the biggest learning that I got from it now, looking back at it, is a emotionally like if you're not in a good mental state, and you have to be super honest with yourself. Um, one of the reasons why I didn't break up with this person that I was with sooner is because I was so scared that uh, there was two things. A, I was so scared that if I broke up with her, that she would kill herself. Um, And that that was the biggest fear that I had at the time. That was absolutely terrifying. And then secondly, I just, I always assumed it was like, I'm strong enough to deal with this. I I should be there for this person because I don't, she didn't really have somebody else. And I wanted so badly to be somebody that would kind of like bring her back up. But instead, I just got pulled down really far. And I, I wanted so badly to kind of just like push through it and continue to be that positive force. But eventually, when you realize that all of a sudden you're essentially just as negative as the person next to you, like now you're both in a bad position. Um, and so a, it's if you're if you're in a tricky situation, if you're in a toxic relationship, if you're at a job that you despise or that you hate, you need to change something. You need to leave, you need to figure it out and you need to just get yourself out of that position because your circumstances regarding your mental health and even your physical health, because those will definitely coincide with each other, will just become drastically worse if you don't get yourself out of there. And I I can promise anybody that. Um, And then outside of that, in terms of becoming sharp again, I'd say everybody's different for sure. Um, For me, the biggest things have been, uh, you know, getting good sleep. When I was sleeping anywhere between like two to four hours or even six hours was still hard for me. Um, I definitely was not at my peak. I, uh, I was slow, I felt groggy, I got headaches frequently. To the contrary, as soon as I started sleeping anywhere between seven to nine hours, that helped a lot. Um, outside of that, in terms of trying to stay like witty to an uh, an extent, reading helped me out a lot there, Uh, writing as well, in terms of writing articles, even if I don't publish them, Um, sometimes I'll write an article on something that I'm passionate about, and I'll never release it to the public. But it helps me because I research a topic, I understand it super deeply, I write about it. And if I don't release it, that's fine. At least, you know, I did it. So I went through the process like the amount that I can tell you about the MCN industry based off of the ebook that I wrote, you know, a few, you know, two years ago, uh, I published it and then I took it down maybe two weeks later because I didn't think it was as good as it needed it to be. Um, it's 35 pages long. And I still I still did all the research. I wrote it and, I, you know, I'm okay with it not being live uh, just because I think that it made me better. And I got to learn about something I was passionate about and that, that just helped me in and of itself. And then Lastly, in terms of taking care of yourself, you know, eat well, exercise, just the very basic things. If if you can go through those things and then try to stay social, just kind of a mix, it will be much much better than not doing those things. Um, you know, humans are social beings, and you need to put yourself in an environment where you're comfortable, where you're happy, and where you're in a position to become successful on your own terms, because if you're not there, you will become miserable, and I've been there, and I don't wish that upon anybody.
0: Yeah, that's um, that's a really good point. Uh, I you just hit a note that I wanted to follow through on. Uh, you said become successful on your own terms, and yeah, and that is something that I'm gonna bring back to the conversation we had earlier today, and mm-hmm. um. In the story you told me about your mother, uh, I'm very fascinated. I, I definitely want to have her on the show at some point because, like,
2: yeah,
0: uh, she has a fascinating story. And, and I think it, it, it's good to have that input uh, because you're working towards that. You are working towards becoming successful. Your mom is very successful. Um, mm-hmm. For those out there, um, Calvin's mom. It's the CEO of a non for profit. She has a PhD, a master's degree, and uh, she's she's just uh, a very you know well educated you know highly successful and, and it's not someone that's been presented with like you know hey here you go you have a PhD you have she's worked hard yeah. her whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, for it, and I kind of want to keep this her story a little bit separate because I want yeah. to share with her when, uh, if you know, if we do have her on the podcast at some point. But, um, how do you see, like, how do you tell someone that's that might feel pressure from family in a way? Because a lot of kids out there, a lot of young people that have ideas and have, um, feel the pressure of following what their parents want, and mm-hmm. And like, for example, in your case, you had the, you know, your mom said, well, you know, we want you to go to college. We want you to do this. We want you to, you know, we, all this stuff because, well, that's the, the experiences that they have. And like our parents and, and, and humans in general, we, we, we base our advice and our, our, our points of view based on experience. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. what, how do you talk to someone? What mean? You know, what message would you share with with the young people out there that are trying to make that decision, that are trying to say, how do you, how do they talk better or say things better to their parents to 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 say, Hey, this is what I want to do. This is what I believe in. And, mm-hmm. and, and like, I, you know, I want to be successful. I want to have the success that you want me to have. I just want to do it on my own terms. How do you, from a young perspective, how would you say that? Like, for example, like, yeah. Let's say if your if your conversation with your parents would have been a lot more difficult than it was, like one of those things where like, yeah. no, you have to do what you what I said you do, like because there are parents out there that do that, and I, um, I wanted to, I want that for me is important to share that message because like I, I want for everyone to have an opportunity to, to find their own purpose and to and to follow their heart and to make the mistakes that they um, that they have to have. Eleanor Roosevelt says. Learn from the mistake of others because you can't live long enough to make all the mistakes yourself. But at the same time, we still have to make mistakes, and we still have to. Of course. And yeah,
2: absolutely. Have to,
0: you know, our parents might say, "No, this is what's best for you," but sometimes you have to experience that where you have to fall. And so, how do you express mm-hmm. that message to, you? like, from a young, from from your, because you know you're only 20, so.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, experiences are fairly new to you. They're fairly recent, not new, but recent to you. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess as a preface, uh, you know, I, I was never a very good student. I graduated high school with like a 2.9 GPA. Um, so a little under a B average, not, not nothing great, right? Usually you want at least like a 3.0 or above uh, to get into a decent college. Uh, I did fairly well with college apps, luckily, but um, So I, you know, throughout high school, and even throughout most of middle school, I I didn't do terribly well. I was usually like a C, B, occasionally A student, um, but it fluctuated pretty heavily. And when it came to having the conversation with my parents of, hey, I don't want to go to college, and especially my mother being a huge advocate of, you know, going to university, uh, you know, as you were saying, she got her undergrad at University of Colorado Boulder. She got her master's at the University of Pennsylvania, Wharton, which is one of the best business schools in the world. And then she recently got her PhD in sustainability. And so she's clearly a very big advocate of higher education. And on the other hand, I didn't see that for myself and I, I still don't, you know, that could change. But as of right now, that's just not the path I wanna take. If, if, it, if the conversation had gone differently, where they were more forceful in their decision. And they said, you must do this. Um, And I was lucky to the point where they were pretty supportive. Um, The biggest thing for me would have been to, A, evaluate, is it worth it? You know, like, do I feel like I owe it to them? Uh, To this day, I think that if my mother or father said, hey, it would be, if I could ask one thing in the world of you, Calvin, I would want you to go to university, I would do it for them. Um, and that's just because they gave me such an incredible platform as a child to send me to the best high school that they could. Um, and they were just such nurturing and amazing parents that I owe it to them if that were their request. Now, luckily, they didn't force that upon me by any means. But part of the reason why was because throughout late middle school, you know, which is a very early age to start up and throughout high school, um, I got involved in like marketing per se. I didn't think of it that way um, on YouTube. And the irony is that when I started to make like real money for a high schooler um, through this YouTube networking, that's when they kind of eased off a little bit. Um, I, I still remember when I started getting some money coming in that was considerable enough to the point where they were paying attention, it became very clear. It was like, oh, like, okay he actually, he's doing something, you know, early on my, I would say up until like my sophomore year, it wasn't enough to the point where it's, you know, it was like maybe a hundred bucks a month or something like that. It really wasn't substantial up until maybe my junior year It became a few hundred to maybe a couple thousand dollars a month. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, okay. Like he's, he's doing something and he's doing it fairly well. And then I published an ebook as well. Again, I took it down shortly after, but, um, doing these actions is the thing that kind of proved it to them they're like, okay, he's, he's very passionate about something. We don't fully understand it, but at least he's doing something and it seems like there's an opportunity here. Um, one of probably the, the biggest things that were helpful for me, uh, two biggest things rather, were that, uh, A, uh, Scale Lab, the company that I was working for in Los Angeles, when I graduated high school, they gave me a full-time job offer. Um, I ended up declining it. It wasn't super enticing to me. I wasn't super attracted to the MCN industry anymore. So I said no. Uh, and then B when, uh, when, when I had gotten my job with Gary, who's a fairly notable entrepreneur, those were things that they were like, okay, it seems like he can set up his own foundation that doesn't necessitate a degree. Um, you know, I understand that my circumstances are very unique, right? Not everybody's going to go out, make money from YouTube networks and then, you know, get a job offer right out of high school. Like I, Frankly, sometimes I'm still baffled when I think about it, like how it all came together. It it seems like such a big mashup of events. Um, But the the biggest recommendations I would have, whether it's uh, going to college, if you don't want to go or if you do, or if it's your parents really want you to be a doctor or a lawyer, but you want to be an artist, um, the biggest thing would be A, try your best to prove it to them and get yourself in a very honest place to analyze how important it is to you to do it, what it is that you actually want to do versus do what it is that they want you to do. Um, I don't want to go to university. But again, if my parents said that that's the one thing that they ask, I would still do it because it's not that big of a takeaway for me. To the contrary, if, I, if my parents said, hey, we really want you to be a lawyer and that's the one thing, I would say no. And that's just because I know personally that I would probably be so unhappy in a position like that in comparison to where I'm at now and so you just have to have a very good understanding of what it means to trust your gut and be happy rather than do what it is that other people want you to do because at the end of the day you know if this is you you would uh, gary actually talked about this a fair amount when I was working for him if you set did everything that your parents wanted to word for word, and you didn't trust your own intuition, you didn't do what you were passionate about. You know, you wanted to play guitar, but instead your parents said, go to medical school. At the end of the day, when you're 40, you would resent the decisions that you made in the past. Yeah. And that because of that, you would start to resent your parents. You would say, you enforce this on me. You're the one that's, you know, responsible for me being unhappy. And that would be a much more painful place to be than it would be to, you know, fail, at being a guitarist, when your parents wanted you to go to med school and then go to med school after, Because at least you tried, or maybe you make it as a guitarist, and then you can show your parents like, hey, this worked out. Um, so there's a thousand different avenues to take, and everybody's going to be different. I understand some circumstances are super convoluted, right? Some people are extremely religious, or their parents are, when you know they might not be, or college, or whatever the case is. But you just have to get yourself into an honest position of how much does the thing that they're asking of you matter what's the commitment like and are you willing to go through with it what is it going to do to your happiness you just there's a bunch of different variables there
0: that's uh, that's a good message because it also helps to to kind of put into perspective you know how does that affect you mentally
2: <laughs> yeah
0: uh, we talk a lot about happiness um and in various conversations I, I I remember when we first met we you know you kind of told me a little bit about your story and you said you know but right now I'm happy I'm happy with what I'm doing I'm, yeah. and uh, I remember when you make uh, you announced that, that you were going to leave um, Vayner mm-hmm. you you said you were doing it because you knew that this was the right move because it was going to make you happy and, and yeah and and I feel like your generation the 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 gen Z and the millennials i they're they're putting you know we like i'm a I'm an older millennial, and I put a lot into happiness and but there's also a very important aspect that I feel that it's important to to share it's like it's understanding happiness mm-hmm. and the difference between being happy and being complacent. Uh, sometimes it's very easy to say. Yeah, I'm happy with what I'm doing. Um, or, or, or make a decision for a younger person to say, I'm gonna do entrepreneurship, or I'm gonna start building an app, or I'm gonna start because, well, it's gonna make me happy. Like, look at this person. Like, this person is becoming happy by doing this. But is it you? Is it is it really like? Is it really what you, um, what you want to do? What 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 really fulfills you? Like. Happiness cannot be just a feeling of like, hey, yeah, I'm happy. It has to be a feeling of like, I feel fulfilled. And this is, you know, every day that I do what I do, I feel fulfilled with my life, with, my, with, with the work that I do, with the activity, whether, whether you're a singer, an entrepreneur, an actor, a painter, a skateboarder, an athlete, whatever your talent is, I feel like it's so important to to have this understanding that happiness is about fulfillment rather than complacency and, 100%. and not just, we got to understand like it's happiness is scalable. Mm-hmm. What makes you happy today might be different than tomorrow. And we have to understand when, when our happiness level needs to be scaled up when we need to make decisions to move from one position to another. Um, for me, it was like living in New York and saying I got to travel the world, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm 36 years old and I, I feel that I can, I can honestly say that this is the happiest moment of my life.
1: That's good. That's really good, brother.
0: You know, because I know that deep in my heart, I'm doing the right thing. It doesn't matter the struggle. It doesn't matter that yeah that sometimes, you know, it feels like it gets always uphill and not, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. it, who cares? Who cares that it feels that way? Because I know that I'm doing the right thing. I know that every moment, every, like, every little bit of effort I put into living the life that I want to live makes me happy and not yeah. oh, I'm doing this because, well, I'm okay. At least I, you know, I get a roof over my head and I get food or whatever. No, it's yeah, I, like, all uh, and that the moments the uh the beautiful view from the uh from the apartment which makes me feel like oh it's a little too fancy but hey you know what it's not it's, it's really not really fancy it's just like i'm in a beautiful city i'm in cape town like yeah. there's literally nowhere in this city where you won't
1: have a breathtaking <laughs> view i understand and, it's uh one of the things that my mom taught me very early on uh, as a kid was that she always looked at money as a way to kind of like hold score but it was never the most important thing Um, and I I got unbelievably lucky to have the parents that I do that's very easy for me to say Uh, but she always told me as a kid it didn't matter if I wanted to be an artist or if I wanted to be a lawyer if I wanted to be you know anything a garbage truck driver Uh, anything is okay as long as you're happy and you shouldn't really look at money as the biggest you know roi or the biggest goal that you're trying to achieve and instead it's just a way of kind of like understanding where you're at in terms of pay you know if you make forty thousand dollars one year and then fifty thousand dollars the next year it's a way of saying hey i did well you know like pat on the back uh to the contrary if you're making thirty thousand dollars and you see somebody making a hundred you shouldn't think of yourself as less, and you shouldn't think that they're a happier or better off than you are. Because at the end of the day, the person that makes 100,000 while you're making 30 might be depressed, might have just lost a close family member, you never know what's going on in their life. And so the money in and of itself should never be the goal. It's just what's going on up top, and that's it, that's just end of sentence period.
2: Yeah.
0: I think our parents should get together at some point. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) They're very similar in a way. Um, my, my dad, my dad and my mom always told me like, it doesn't matter what you
2: do and and what you want to do in life. Like it's, uh, it's about, it's about being, you
0: know, happy with what you're doing and also being the best at what you do. Mm -hmm. My dad said to me once, like, I don't care if you want to be a doctor if you want to be an architect you want to be a lawyer or if you want to be the guy pushing the ice cream cart or picking up the trash always do the best of your ability of whatever you do um Mm -hmm. give it your all like devote yourself to because honestly like unless something makes you happy there is no way you're gonna give it your best you might feel that you're giving it your best you might feel that you're doing a good job because someone tells you you're doing a good job. But what they don't know is that you're basically half-assed in it because you're not happy with what you do. Mm -hmm. Like, the moment I realized that in my life, I was like, okay, well, I'm one, I'm good at my job. Two, I'm not happy with my job. Imagine if I was happy with my job, how much better I would be. Yeah. When I put those things together, I was like, well, I need to quit my job <laughs> and do what actually makes me happy because I'm going to be much better at that than I'm going to be at what I'm doing because I'm actually going to be able to devote myself to to, to giving my all. And I feel like a lot of kids today might be turned on into the, the aspect of entrepreneurship and, and building a business and creating something great for themselves and because it's a trend and it's very easy to follow trends and and then not realize that it's not for them.
2: Yeah.
0: And, and and it's also very important to know that well entrepreneurship is not for everyone acting is not for everyone singing is not for everyone. If you want to sing, feel it. Feel that you want to sing. Know that that's your passion that if you can't go a day without singing, then well, yeah, then they, 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 you need to be a singer, and and you need to, you know, to pursue that and and, and find it and 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 do. You could have multiple talents. We all have. Multi, look, I, I I'm a good photographer. I can create good videos. I hate editing videos. Okay. But I realize also that I'm much better at visualizing content and creating the the strategy behind the content, and that's. The part that makes me
2: happier when I'm yeah. actually when I'm able did to you, visualize
1: things. Yeah. did Did you always know that you wanted to be where you're at now in terms of profession and the work that you're doing and just no where you're
0: at? no I've been discovering a lot of things lately myself. Like,
1: okay.
0: I I mean I have a, a background in finance, retail, corporate management, mm-hmm. and. Gotcha. And then photography was always a constant in my life. And eventually I just decided that that was what I wanted to do. Once I, like, for, for a time it was present and then it wasn't, and then it was again. And, and, and then one day when I was, when I decided I needed to quit my job, photography was that thing, that artistic side of me that, that, that had been longing to, to, um, to come out basically, to, to say, I got to show the world what I can do from an artist's perspective. So I thought that, that was yeah. going to be. So I spent a few years doing photography, and, and I was happy, but I wasn't fully fulfilled with the job of photography because I thought it was taking away from my passion and the enjoyment that I got from actually being behind the camera, you know, because it wasn't, like, I enjoy it more for my own purpose rather than from the purpose of others, but I can still visualize content. And I can still say, you know, find a way to tell a story through a photograph or through video and, and, uh, and being able to, that's why I kind of, I was very happy when Instagram created the stories because I was able to create those little stories that I put on, on, on Instagram, when I put like a collection yeah. of photos with the text and all that, so that to me is a little bit more fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And uh, those, that, that to me was like, kind of like that, the, the storytelling side of things, like I, I love to write, I don't, do okay. it. I don't do it all often because when okay. I is for myself and um, but yeah that's uh, that, those are things that that to me it's just been a discovery Like, and, it, and it's never too late that's another thing that I, that's another part of the message that I wanted to expose uh, through this podcast it's like you could be 10 12 15 20 30 40 50 60 whatever age you know and I think about what Gary says about doubling your age mm-hmm. um you know
1: i'm 30 i mean that's 40 for me
0: <laughs> so. but that, that you know that's 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 36 for me today which will be will make me 72 in 36 more yeah. years you know how much i could do in those 36 years a lot exactly yeah
2: I'm,
0: like 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 gary like said i'm young as fuck
2: <laughs> yeah exactly you
0: know <laughs> And, and, and you're younger than, than that. Like, you, you got three times what I have in time. And, and that's, like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't necessarily matter how old you are. I know Gary says in, 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 in that sense, like, I wish I was 15 again. But honestly, no. I'm 36, and I'm going to take full advantage of that. That just means that I make to do things better and bigger. Yeah. You know, time, time. Like we talked earlier about procrastination, and like and working under pressure. Well, pressure is on. Time to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm I get it. So that's uh, you know, I don't have you know. Sixty more years. Ideally, I would because mm-hmm. you know, I I, I, I want to be immortal. Like I, I I hope I don't die ever.
2: I hope so as well. Because
0: like, I, you think about it. Like the last hundred years how much progress technologically we have done and how much of that has happened in the last 10 or 20 years.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like
0: I went from not having internet to having internet.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I get it.
0: On that generation that had a childhood of those like first 10 years of my life without internet or without anything like that, cell phones Mm -hmm. or nothing. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I've connected to everything. Yeah. So all these things are are so big and so that imagine the next hundred years. Why would I not want to see that? I've always said that. Why would I not want to see all this stuff? Like whether it be the the end of the world or like not or like you know I mean I remember in the nineties we were promised flying cars by two thousand twenty, like
2: Maybe, maybe. I yeah. mean, a couple of Need months has to today. come through. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so we got a couple of months left. So, um, the, uh, but yeah, I. I, I feel like that, that that's such an important thing to. To share as well. It's like the ability to understand that it doesn't matter how old you are. If you have an idea, if you have a a, a talent, use it. Find your purpose, understand yourself, and and what you want to do. I think it's a, it's a very important message. I know that you, uh, you know, you're working on on some business ventures right now, and um, you drag Marvin from Switzerland to to New York,
2: <laughs> which I'm
0: pretty happy with. And yes, uh, and uh, um, it's a. Uh, It's those things, you know, it's the connections that we make. It's the, uh, it's, it's the you know, understanding and realizing the opportunities that we can create for ourselves. You know, we can't dream or, or wait for opportunity to come knocking. We create our own opportunities and, 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 and with that, like, it doesn't matter when, like, I mean, you started creating opportunities to yourself when you were in middle school.
1: And like here you are like I didn't think of it that way, but I did, you know. Inadvertently.
0: Exactly. You see you you, and, and a lot of kids don't see that and and I think it's important and and I think it's also important to know that you are going to fail and that you are going mm-hmm. to to um I we talked earlier about about this, about like the the failures of today, I'm talking in the present about what we're doing wrong and what we're and yeah. I kind of want to close the uh, the episode with that with that uh, train of thought and, and then that, that mindset. Like, if you can go into a little bit of what you talked about earlier in,
1: in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so, firstly, I, I'll touch at least on one thing. Uh, there's a YouTuber and filmmaker named Matt Diavella who I think did an excellent job with storytelling on this. Uh, he recently created two or three videos talking about how he is currently, as of right now, dealing with uh, severe anxiety that is affecting his personal life, his professional life. And the videos that he created, the the reason why I find them so impactful is that I think that it's so much more human and it's so much more authentic when you say, these are issues that I'm dealing with right now. These are the things that I'm going through and this is how I'm trying to approach it to get better and to try to put myself into a better place. Um, In comparison to, you know, a lot of success stories, uh, you'll hear a lot of public speakers and influencers and entrepreneurs and whoever that will say, you know, 10 years ago, I was a drug addict and I was doing X, Y, and Z and my life was terrible. And those are impactful stories always, right? Because you can see, wow. They came from such a terrible place and now they're where they are, you know? But I do think that there's something special and something authentic and just so genuine about saying, hey, I'm struggling right now. And recently I did, in a sense, like my own version of that. I didn't really intend it to come off that way. It was more so, I just realized that there's a lack of vulnerability and a lack of transparency on social media and i created a post just talking about the uh relationship that you and i had discussed where that still affects me today you know if i if i try to get into a relationship now i get anxious um if my my like dating life which is something that i usually don't talk about super publicly um you know causes me a lot of anxiety uh it's it's weird for me to think about being in a relationship it's kind of scary and i i don't really know what the words are that i'm looking for to describe it but I just I'm so scared that I'll put myself in another position where I'll really drag myself down and I won't see it coming again. But then simultaneously, it sounds appealing because I have had one relationship beforehand for about a year and a half that I was about as happy as I could be. And so I have these mixed emotions that just play with my head whenever I think about like my dating life or anything of that sort. So, you know, that's something that I still deal with. And I I don't know for sure how to get over it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying a bunch of different things. I'm meditating and I'm journaling and I'm reading more. And, uh, those things have helped me a lot. I can say I'm also going through therapy, um, and, you know, I'm super happy about all them, uh, but it's something that I'm still thinking about, you know? Uh, and so I, I think that that's something that I, I'm not, I'm not trying to encourage everybody to go on social media and say, Hey, I have depression. Um, you know, you, like sometimes you don't need to. Uh, I'm just, I'm the reason why I'm more comfortable with having this conversation is because, because it seems like nobody's saying, Hey, I'm dealing with issues right now. It can make everybody else feel very isolated when they are, when you say, Hey, I'm dealing with issues or I was dealing with issues five years ago. It's like, Oh, okay. So I'm alone in this process for the person that is dealing with it right at that second. And so me coming forward was more so just like, Everybody on social media wants you to think that their life is perfect. Everybody wants you to think that they're successful. Everybody wants you to think that they're happy. Everybody wants you to think that they're healthy. It's just not the case. You know, we're, we're all people, we all make mistakes. It doesn't matter if you're a glorified entrepreneur like Gary or, you know, a big singer songwriter, we're all human beings. We all have emotions and energy and all these things. And, you know, people deal with things and, It's really as simple as that. So, yeah, I mean, I still deal with things, uh, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay with talking about it because I know that I'm working through it. I'm discovering a lot about myself in the process, and I'm going to figure it out.
0: And it gives you an opportunity for others to say, hey, this is, you know, what I can tell you and what I can, you know, how I can help you. Um, I think it's so important. we, there are certain things in life that we don't, we don't, um, we take for granted in a way that we don't we don't really see the value in them and and that honesty that transparency especially in the world that we live in today is so important Calvin I want to I want to say thank you for for this time I'm, I'm so happy that that we that we were able to like redo this because I think it's a little bit more concise we
2: of course
0: before we went a little bit on a bender you know talking about different little things here and there because like we also hadn't catch up in a very long time and i think like the catch-up was really good for this i i can't thank you enough for taking the time i i'm so proud that you're the first guest on this on this podcast
2: thank you i thank you for having me
0: i have such big uh expectations of this i hope people really love it i hope the value that i went there i want to create comes through um i have learned a lot from you um in the brief conversations that we've had in the time that we met and uh keep keep kicking ass and
2: (laughs) i'll try to keep
0: building the business um you know hug new york for me in a way and uh keep building community um and uh yeah dude thank you thank you so much for for being on the podcast.
2: Of course, thank you so much for having me.